This is comedian Jackie Repetti, and you're listening to Hey What's Up Podcast. Cue the music. All right, we are joined today by Jackie Rapetti, live in uh, live in Montana. How are things up in Missoula right now? Missoula, Montana. It's a beautiful day today. Bright blue skies, but pretty cold. Typical Montana. Yeah, and how long have you been in Montana now? I've been in Montana for two and a half years now. Uh, that's two and a half years longer than a lot of people probably want to be in Montana. Um <laughs> montana oh uh, I, moved, I moved here from new york and see i think that's the thing especially being a comedian we'll get into that in a bit i think most comedians would want to move out of montana and go to new york not the other way around most people want to do comedy in the big apple what what yeah. made you kind of do a flippy flip and go from the biggest city to do comedy to a place where you go shoot some some deer and elk and <laughs> freeze your butt uh, off well, yeah, it wasn't my pursuit to do comedy uh, anywhere. I just moved out here and then I fell into doing comedy because my life is so ridiculous. And um, yeah, I found like the comedy community here in Missoula and I, I didn't know anybody when I moved here. So I thought it'd be a fun way to make friends. And now it's just taken over my life. And yeah, it's awesome. What made you originally want to move to Montana? Were you just looking like, I need to get out of the city, let me throw a dart somewhere in the Midwest, and it ended up being in Montana? Everyone always asks me if I threw a dart because Missoula, Montana is so random. But no, I had visited, and I I really loved it. It felt like home, and I wanted a reason to get out of New York. I didn't want to stay in the New York bubble for my entire life, especially being from there. and. I went to school in Boston and I just wanted to like experience something totally different. So moved to Montana. I drove my little Toyota Corolla out West, made it to Montana. What was there a reason behind it? Was, was it a college, a job, or were you just sick of, of what have having all the lawn orders like film around you 24 <laughs> seven? Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it wasn't. I didn't move here for work or, for anything other than just I needed a total change of, you know, just needed something new going on in my life. And and you chose Montana. Uh, Missoula, though, Missoula is a very pretty town. Uh, Travis, uh, my producer, myself, are from um, Spokane, so about three hours away from Missoula. And um, yeah. I have a lot of friends that go back and forth from Spokane and Missoula. Uh, I can't. Yeah. I can't really go to Missoula. I I really don't know why we have a show we're, we're talk about in Montana soon. Um, yeah. Like I can't go to any city that has like a CSI or an NCIS because I'd probably be like the victim. And <laughs> now that there's Yellowstone in Montana, I don't know how safe I feel. Oh um, no! <laughs> there's a lot of dead bodies in Yellowstone. Yeah, yeah. And then there's, and there's that. Like that that loophole, I forget what it's called, but it's like a death zone where you can like technically get away with murder in the park. Oh, I don't know. What's... <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know what you're talking about. It's, it doesn't fall under any county. There's no county that would actually like, if you went to court, there wouldn't be a jury because not enough people live in the county. So you can kind of get away yes. with stuff. 
Yeah. That's not anywhere near where we're going to perform, is it? Because I, I might <laughs> I might cancel this show. You're right in the middle of it. I think we'll be okay. <laughs> All right. You're going to, you two, you and Abby are going to have to be my bodyguards. It's going to sound sad, but you're going to have to, you're going to have to protect me. Because there's also yeah. that, there's that show, uh, Big Sky, that also takes place in Montana. And that show has a lot of like murders too. Like, what's going on with your state? I don't know, man. People like guns out here. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm a pretty big target. They'll probably look at me thinking I'm some sort of bear and shoot me. <laughs> uh, you laugh, yeah. but when it happens, uh, make sure make sure I haven't cashed the check yet and just take it and run. All right. <laughs> uh, so you've you've been in Montana for two and a half years. You didn't do comedy when you were in New York. So kind of. Nope. How how long have you been doing comedy and how did that kind of start uh, in your Missoula adventures? Yeah, so the first open mic I ever did was in November of 2019, right before the pandemic. Um, and at that point, yeah, I had been in Missoula for like four months. And um, yeah, I was looking for an outlet to truly like make friends, find a community here. Uh, somebody in town was hosting a comedy workshop and I went and they encouraged me to do the open mic. And, and then I, I guess I did good for a first timer and they kept encouraging me. They're like, you're funny, you should keep doing this. And I was like, okay. Um, and from there it just spiraled. And now I host shows in town and I you know, travel around to do shows. So it's been a lot of fun. And how is it, cause obviously being from New York, you know, there's there's shows seven nights a week in New York at, at dozens of venues. You have right. Boston nearby, DC, like two hours away. Uh, what's it like in Montana? Because Missoula is still not a it's it's a big city, but there's not much outside of Missoula. How does that work for for trying to hone your craft when you don't have too many cities to travel to? Yeah, it is more difficult, but I mean, Missoula has a surprising amount of con comedy. There's a lot going on every week and every month. So I get a good amount of stage time just being here and in the surrounding areas. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's one of those things, like if you really want to keep pursuing it, you're going to have to just hit the road and, and pursue it. But you've also had like a pretty quick rise in comedy comparatively to even people in some of the bigger markets, you you have um, by the time this airs, a couple of shows coming in a couple of weeks uh, yeah. with um, with Vicky, right? Yeah, Vicky Barbalak. Yeah, I'm opening for her three nights in February. And she does her little Montana tour, which is very exciting. Now, were you one to have you studied comedy a lot before? Were you a fan of comedy? My guest last week, um, Natasha, who who's here in Boise never like watched comedy and still isn't like she doesn't know too much about these famous comedians i would show her photos of like jeff foxworthy uh, uh jerry seinfeld and some of these and george carlin and she she could not recognize like any of them but she's oh, just man. she's one of those people that's naturally funny um yeah. were you versed in comedy before you started stand-up uh yeah i mean i've always enjoyed comedy and it was always like something I wanted to do just you know I'd, I'd always wanted to try out an open mic but I I never thought it would like become anything for me um but yeah no I like Seinfeld is a genius my favorite show is Seinfeld I love Larry David also he's a genius um I have George Carlin's uh one of his albums in my car right now 
I love his rage and anger at the world. <laughs> so yeah, I love comedy, all things. I, I read comedy books, I watch specials, I love, you know, funny shows and movies, so. Did you, um, did you listen to Abby's episode before you came on today? I did listen to Abby's episode and I have a bone to pick with her. Oh no. What, what's, what do you, what, what do you have? What bone do you have to pick? This girl never watched Seinfeld and she has <laughs> the audacity to say that Friends is the best sitcom. I was like this bitch. She doesn't know. Okay. We agree. Thank you. Okay. We agree there. Uh, Cause when you when you mentioned you wanted to bring another comic to the show, I was like, oh boy, this is gonna be bad. And then you know, I found out she had a, a lot of similar tastes with me. Like she loves movies and and TV and, and baseball. But when she said yeah. that Seinfeld thing, it really was like, I think you should not come with us now. Like, <laughs> yeah, she's not invited anymore. Because <laughs> it's what it's a it's gonna be a six hour drive for the two of you, five six hours. Ooh. To yeah, closer to seven probably. So, I mean, at 20 minutes an episode, you could probably get her most of the way through Seinfeld by the time, by the time yeah. you reach, just do the, the Netflix, download them all. Cause it's on Netflix now. And yeah, just, she can right. sit there and just be engulfed in the amazingness that is Seinfeld. Yeah. She needs it. Yeah. Well, plus the season of Kirby enthusiasm where they did the reunion was one of the most meta hilarious things I've ever seen. I know. I totally agree. Yeah. Genius shows. I can't imagine, can't imagine not watching Seinfeld and saying that Friends is the best. It really just irks me. It, it's, and everybody's like, oh, Friends is better than Seinfeld. Like Seinfeld had more viewers for its series finale. I don't even, I don't, I could go on and on. <laughs> yeah, about. you don't have to tell me. I know. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm on your side. In ninth grade, so this tells you how nerdy I am. I was in DECA and we had to do a parody of something for uh, like product place, price and promotion. So I did yeah. um, the Bizarro Jerry episode and we renamed it Kleinfeld. <laughs> and somehow, like, I was better. It's one of those things I feel like I'm old now because I was better at editing software back in ninth grade. Like, I recreated mm -hmm. that logo perfect. Wow. And I couldn't, I, awesome. I would not be able to do it today. Like, I'm looking at trying to do editing anything. And I'm like, I, where, I don't know where to. Somebody was trying to explain NFTs to me and I don't get it. Oh God, I do not understand those at all. And I'm 32, so I'm not like old, but like I feel like when they yeah. when they talk NFTs, I feel like Clint Eastwood in Gran Torino. <laughs> I'm like, get <laughs> off my lawn. <laughs> yeah, that's a totally different world that I just like can't even wrap my head around. Like, would you ever, if somebody offered you like I don't know, 15 bitcoins to perform, would you do that, or would you be like, I, I need cash? No, I need cash. Yeah, I don't believe in the Bitcoin. I don't understand it. There was, because I think Travis knows probably a little more than I do. Travis Brett Raybold, who was uh, here in Boise for the the Comedy Fest last year, he he created a, was it a coin? Is that what you call it? Yeah, he created his own cryptocurrency coin. <clears throat> but yeah, he was kind of early, though. Yeah. I mean, now, like, NFTs are all the rage, and that's probably would have been a better route for him to take. But What's the, what's was, the difference between a coin and an NFT? Are, aren't you, they need, the, you need cryptocurrency to buy nfts um but oh, the okay. nft is also protected by the blockchain just like the crypto is so it's all like digital it's basically just a it's a smart contract so somewhere on the internet it says that you own it whether it's cryptocurrency or an nft it's all kind of the same thing did any of that make sense to you <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> 
I think it's we're gonna made up world. <laughs> I'm also came to the conclusion that half the people that are like doing this professionally or like the people you see on Twitter, like I don't think anyone really fully understands it. I think people are like, well, people are spending money on it, so let's just go for it. Yeah. I, I think, Travis, we're going to have an episode where I'm going to invite all my guests back over Zoom, and you're going to exp- try to explain crypto to us. And I'm not even the best person to ask. I barely even know what I'm talking about. But then each person, that do- once they figure out they don't know what they're talking about, just log off the Zoom, and we'll see how many people are left <laughs> at like the end 30, of the hour. 30-second meeting. <laughs> oh, jeez. It's, that's gonna be the thing. That's gonna be the thing, though. You're gonna see it in ten years. They're gonna try to pay comedians because they already don't pay comedians enough as it is. Uh, yeah. You're gonna start seeing they're gonna offer like five bitcoins for a thirty minute set now, and comedians gonna eat it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like land in the the metaverse or whatever it is, <laughs> virtual. Well, you'll just that's where understand. you'll be performing. You won't actually be at a real comedy club anymore. You'll just yeah, be in the metaverse. yeah. I'm okay with that. Like, did you see when, um, did you see when, what's his name? Wow. Now I'm drawing a blank. Post Malone. When he did that Pokemon concert, like he, they had them all virtual in a Pokemon. Oh, no, I didn't. Like I would do that. I mean, I feel like that'd be better for me than actually being in front of people. Uh, no, that's the whole thing about comedy, being in front of people. Did you, you do, did you do Zoom shows during the pandemic? Um, uh, I did a few and they were awful. <laughs> It was really tough for me too. Cause like, I was so new to comedy. I still am new to comedy. And like, so some of my first shows were zoom shows and I was like, this is so awful. Like, what am I doing here? This isn't fun. Do, do you know any like Missoula comics that like thrived during the, the zoom show period? No, I don't think any of us thrived during that. There's a few here in Boise, and like I again, I don't name names because I have to live here. But like some of them have, I feel like an overinflated sense because they started during the Zoom comedy shows, mm-hmm. and it's it's different because your timing is different. You have a different like audience. It's, I mean, yeah. it's also why I tell a lot of comics, and which why when we first started talking, I asked if you've traveled much, because um, I was telling Abby I could do one set in Seattle, which is a little more liberal skewing the same yeah. set in Spokane, which is a little more conservative skewing, and it'd be totally different results. Oh yeah, for sure. And it's why I tell comics that have just been in Boise, like you need to travel, like your set might kill every night in Boise, but can it work in other places that aren't the same demographic? Yeah, no, that's a huge factor. Um, yeah, and even you get that just traveling around Montana because Missoula is more liberal and then you go up to like Kalispell, it's a bit more conservative and then uh, yeah, I've only ever done comedy around here, and then randomly I did comedy in Alaska and in Vegas, and I was funny in all the places, so it made me feel good. It's a how, confidence booster. How do you get a show in, in Alaska? Were you already in Alaska, or did somebody book you and you flew to Alaska? No, I was already in Alaska. I was doing a work exchange this summer, actually, um, working at a little plant nursery in a really tiny town. And they found out that I did comedy. So the like one bar in town was like, you should do comedy night for us. And uh, I did. And it was awesome. It was so fun. I did it two nights. Uh, I think the weirdest thing from that story is that you had a work exchange for a plant nursery. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's I I'm just one of those people I do random things all the time and that's just how I prefer to live my life. And I can't tell because your your background's blurred. I feel like you're just sitting in a target right now. <laughs> I see a lot of red. I see a lot of red right now. Are you just stealing Target's Wi-Fi 
Are you sitting yeah. in, in a- I'm, I'm at a Target. No, yeah, I don't even know why my background is blurry right now. I don't know how to undo that. I don't know anything. This is why I have Travis. If I didn't have Travis, this podcast would be like four hours audio and it would just, you can be clicking like a lot of things. No. Yeah. I'm the same. I'm like, I'm 30, but I'm a grandmother. Like I tell, I have a landline phone in my apartment. Like, yeah, I'm super elderly for my age. (laughs) Would you survive? Do you, do you like, do you like scary movies? Um, not, I don't seek them out, but when I watch scary movies, I end up just laughing through them because I, I have to. I saw the scared. the new Scream, and I've never seen any of the first four Screams. Oh, uh, okay. And I hate horror movies, but I feel like that, that's the only series that has landline phones still. I don't know why <laughs> in 2022 the chick still has a landline phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess, my, I guess my parents do, but they're in their 60s, so that makes sense. Right. That does make sense. So did you have a landline in the apartment and you thought, well, I guess I got to get a phone now. Or did you have a landline phone and like, I need to get a line in this apartment, which came uh, first? Well, I think every apartment has a setup if you wanted. Does it not? Is that not a thing? No, not at least. I don't, none of mine in Spokane did. Travis, does yours have, really? does yours have a landline here? Well, anywhere where you can get internet, you can get a landline phone still. It's all the same yeah. port. So, yeah, you can, but no one, like, if you call your internet company and ask them for a landline, they'll be like, ah, we don't really do that. But is yours, like, the phone jack? Because, like, Comcast, I used to work for Comcast, it's voice over internet, so it'd be through your cable line. Does yours actually still have the, the phone jack that you plug it into? I think I, I think, think so. Yeah, I think mine's also a phone jack, because I live in an old apartment, so I think it is that. Wow. But yeah. <laughs> Is that the number? Like, have you heard the story about how Bill Murray gets uh, like booked for things? No. Bill Murray still has a landline phone and he puts his phone number in like the phone book and he only he, he checks the messages like they, the rumor is like once every four months. Yeah. So like you look for Bill Murray's phone number in the phone book and you call it. And leave your message. And that's how he doesn't have an agent. He doesn't have a cell phone. He has a landline phone. Is that how you get your gigs? You don't tell, you don't tell any of these comedy venues, your cell phone number. You're like, call my landline, leave a message and I'll get back to you in one week to six months. No, well, it's funny. I don't even like give out my landline number because I don't have an answering machine connected to it. So I just call people from it. If I'm just hanging in my apartment. Do you like... (laughs) prank call people or just are you having no, like I'll call my friends from my landline just to hang you know it's it's a nice like way to be more present in the moment I feel like when you're just hanging out with your landline phone because it's one of the corded ones too that was my next question at what <laughs> are, do your friends are they like will you please just text me or do they actually <laughs> talk to you uh, yeah, I mean, I text, I do the texting and, you know, but I, I like a good landline conversation. How many of your friends pick up when you call them on your landline? Um, well, I usually let them know, like, I'm going to call you. Oh, okay. You know, what's the longest, like, I had a whole set of questions, but now I'm more intrigued about this, this <laughs> landline. Like how, how long is your average conversation when you're, when you're calling your friends? Oh, uh, well, a landline conversation can be like two hours. What kind of time do you have in the day to talk on the phone for two hours? <laughs> like, there's Seinfeld marathons you could be watching. 
I know, I know. But I think we should do this whole podcast over again and we'll have her call in from our landline. <laughs> I want the audio quality from that. I would like, if you called me on your landline, I would be texting you at the same time saying, please hang up the phone. <laughs> like, please. Like you're one of, you know, like you're one extreme. I have weird friends that will only message me on, on, on Snapchat and Instagram, which I hate. Like I'm, mm. I feel like I'm a little old. Like I feel like message, like texting on Snapchat makes me feel way older than I should be. Yeah. And they're like, oh no, yeah. you don't, like you don't need my number. Just message me on Snapchat. I'm like, what is this? What? No. I, that's not normal. My little brother does No, that. I don't even have Snapchat. Or Instagram. I feel like as a guy, like messaging people on Instagram just makes me feel weird. And like, yeah, just just DM me on Instagram. Like, do you don't have Facebook Messenger at least? Yeah, yeah. Or Twitter DMs or something. <laughs> like, like I will. You know what? Since you have a landline, I will I will re-download AOL Instant Messenger, and we can just <laughs> we can chat on AIM for two hours. Oh, I loved AIM. Yeah, you probably had friends. I was talking to what was the chatbot, right? Oh, yeah. And smarter friend. Smarter friend? Smarter child. Smarter child. There it is. Smarter child. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who needs friends when you have smarter child? Dang, that was the best. Um, <laughs> that's, <laughs> we've tried to weed back. There's no, this is never segues, but that took a huge weird left turn at, at landlines. Give it to me. Yeah. Um, what, what's been the biggest challenge in the two years of doing comedy? Um, I've talked to Abby and I've talked to most of the female comics. Do you see a sense of, or do you feel a sense of, sexism in comedy do you feel people just assume things because you're a woman in comedy and they're judging you on looks and not not your content yeah that you know i i hated that going into it that that would even be a thing because i'm like you know i'm the type of person like if you're funny or funny like mm -hmm. doesn't matter whatever and uh yeah recently i um i did a comedy competition and it was me and 11 guys. And even just like walking into like the backstage area where everyone was hanging out, I felt like I was like being cast aside and all the bros were like talking shop and like not including me in it. And then I went out and like obliterated and fucking knocked it off out of the park. And then I came back in, they were all like, oh my God. And then I ended up winning. But then it kind of felt like some of them were like, oh, well, you won because you're the only girl or like, and I'm like, no, I'm fucking funny. Like, no, because it's a, a weird dynamic. Is this the same group? Because you said originally that the, the comedy community was really welcoming. Was that like audience members, venues or or are these comics in the competition different than those that you kind of started out with? Yeah, these were just like other comics from other towns that I didn't know. And I, I just, it just like the energy of the room felt weird, like being the only girl among these guys. I just felt like, I felt like they were writing me off, like, you know, whatever. But then when I won, they were all like, oh, like, I don't know. It's just, it's a, it's a weird experience. And, and you feel like you have to like prove yourself more as a female in comedy, but I don't know. I just, I hate that too. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't know. I agree. And that's why I'm glad you're coming on the show, uh, February 19th in Mile City, Montana. Yes. Now at the historic Montana bar. <laughs> it's going to be great. It's going to be a fun show. I was getting a little nervous cause he hadn't put flyers out and stuff until the other day. And, uh, they finally mm -hmm. did. So I'm hoping we have a good turnout. 
Um, yeah. But I'm glad the the only reason I found you was because of of Dees Casillas, uh, who's mm-hmm. another Spokane comic. Yeah, he's hilarious. And you guys had a show together. Did he did he scope you out, or did the venue put you with Dees? Uh, no, he reached out to me, um, cause he knows a few other comics in Missoula and, uh, yeah, he was referred to me cause I host shows downtown. Um, so yeah, we had him headline a night here and it was super funny. He's, he's a hilarious guy. He's, he's definitely these could see us two, yeah. two time Inlander winning two or three time Inlander winning comic. I won the first time Casey won the second. Ah, he's two or three time of the Inlander. I we we like to we did a show the three of us together. Uh, yeah. And uh, Dees is still the only one that's never got to go to the award ceremony, which I love. <laughs> <laughs> they had me host it. They had Casey host it. Dees won, and they're like, "Uh, yeah." They didn't even send him an invitation to the party, <laughs> which is totally on point. I don't know how much you talked to Dees. It's totally on point for for Dees. And then yeah. he won. He won, I think, again the next year, and he still, he still hasn't got either award. I don't think. Oh no! <laughs> but that was also the, I think, the pandemic year, so it, it makes sense. But um, oh, yeah. he, whenever he sees me, he likes to make it a point that he still has not received the plaque. <laughs> um, what's kind of the goal? Is is comedy the the end game, or is it just kind of a hobby right now? What do you see yourself in the next five or ten years with comedy? Uh, yeah, that's, I've been, uh, thinking a lot about that lately. I, cause I, I don't know. I mean, it started as a hobby and a way to like make friends and now it's definitely become a way bigger part of my life. And, um, and now like, not only have I like been performing now I'm like booking shows and, I'd like to keep doing comedy and I think I'm on track to like pursue it more seriously, but I think that would also have to mean eventually like moving out of Missoula and I am like, I love Missoula and I'm not ready to leave this community yet. So I don't know. And I I just like being able to do a bunch of different things and I'm kind of a commitment phobe. So even like committing and going all in with comedy, I'm like, is this really what I want to do? I don't know. I'm always all over the place. So is your, does your day job involve plants? Is that what you, are you a bot, botanist? No, no. Oh. You had- no, I'm a, a freelance writer, editor, and then I work uh, retail and, you know, do a little bit of everything. So what was, how did you end up in Alaska working in a, in a nur- nursery then? Uh, yeah, well, it's a program called Woofing and it's a work exchange uh organization and it was just something I wanted to do and I wanted a reason to like go to Alaska for a few weeks and but also not have to pay for somewhere to stay so I was like I'll take care of some plants and uh do I know anything about plants no but I was like you know anything for a free place to stay really how many plants did you kill in those few weeks I don't know I hope none of them but I don't know. I wasn't there long enough to see really whether they lived or died. So. so this is just like a like a summer camp type thing, basically, is what you're saying. Like you're there for a few weeks and then you and you leave. Yeah, then you you leave, and the person, the woman who ran the the plant nursery, you know, uh, has people come out throughout the year to help her out. Um, so yeah, it was just it was just an adventure. I love going on random adventures, and it was just another one for me. 
I'm, so like, this whole thing is now, now I'm on a whole different tangent. Do they pay you or do they just fly you and you're there for f- free? Yeah. So it's a, so the exchange is you work for them and then you live there for free. And like, so housing and meals are provided. You're not getting paid. Um, you just get to, you work for a little bit, like you don't have to work like full days or even full weeks, but that's the exchange. Oh, huh. yeah. So this, okay. Have you ever heard of something like that, Travis? Cause I, feel, I just feel like, you know, like you said, you work retail and, and you, I feel like some businesses thrive on uh, low turnover, but if this, you know, company keeps having people coming in in a few weeks, they're going to not see Hannah getting her roses. It's a different person like every couple of weeks. Yeah. Did she ever worry about turnover? Now I'm just worrying about, worrying about this business in Alaska. <laughs> like, you know, I feel, um, that's, I'm so confused. <laughs> well, I, no, I don't, she owns this plant nursery and she, people just find her on this website. Um, and there are people who stay there for like months at a time. I was just there for a very short, you know, hot minute, but, uh, she has more like dedicated workers, um, who come out for like longer periods of time. I feel like this is a front for drugs or something like this is, sounds- <laughs> This sounds like a, like that show Weeds. You know, she was a cupcake, whatever, but back in the back room, she was dealing drugs. No, this it's sounds- very wholesome. It's a whole website organization of farmers around the world. They just need help. Called woofing. Called woofing. Woofing. It's that's yeah. got to be an acronym for drugs, like or an <laughs> NFT. Like this is, I don't know, Travis. Does this not sound suspect to you? A little bit. Yeah. See, it I. Stands worldwide opportunities for organic farming sure organic <laughs> fronts for drugs okay <laughs> you're going to sound the episode to whoever the sweet little old lady in alaska is and she's like it's not drugs i know or- poor Susie. <laughs> i'll call her out i didn't even say your name <laughs> uh, now it, let's say comedy is uh gonna be the future for you would you would you go back to New York or would you try LA out and and try something different? Uh, yeah, I think I'd be more inclined to do something different. Uh, you know, for me, New York is like it's home, and I can always go back there. But that's kind of the reason why I'm like not in a rush to go back. Um, yeah, I mean, LA would be interesting. Uh, I don't know, or just another smaller city or town. I don't. I don't know. I'm not really tied to like going to a bigger city just yet. I heard Sioux Falls, South Dakota has a great comedy scene. You can go, you can go <laughs> smaller than Missoula even. Oh my God. I've been to Sioux Falls. I've never done comedy there, but. I'm kidding. You don't want to do comedy there. It's, there's probably. <laughs> After doing comedy though, in the small town in Alaska, I was like, it might be nice to just do like a really, really small town tour. Like, because these people aren't exposed to comedy. Like, it's such a treat for them. And I don't, it's like a more wholesome experience. Yeah. And then they'll watch your set and be like, what's a vibrator? Like, they, <laughs> they're going to, they're probably no, stuck. I know about vibrators. They're stuck in like the butter churn era. Like, if, if outside of Spokane, there's small towns called like the Palouse. Um, I'm drawing blank on something. Reardon. There's like these small towns that have driven through. I don't think they have color TV still. I don't think they're gonna. <laughs> I don't think they're gonna understand your humor. No, you can still relate to them. 
I was the only brown person they've seen in 50 years, so I don't know. Like, well, that can be funny, though. That's humorous, you know? Or, again, that's how you end up on an episode of CSI. <laughs> but, I mean, I guess small town tours would be fun. But, like, you... Yeah. Have you have you watched a lot of LA comics versus New York comics? Because it's two it's two completely distinct styles of comedy. Yeah, I know. I and I do tend to lean towards more New York comics. So I don't know. You should uh, when they announce auditions, you should definitely try out for the. I always is it, Travis. This is this is where you come in. Is it the Idaho Laugh Fest or the Boise Laugh Fest? Because Jen would kill me if I get the the name of it wrong. The one we went to? Yeah. Uh, it's the Idaho Comedy Festival. There we go. When those auditions come out because they partner with uh, Stand Up New York. Oh, so cool. it's like 50 or 60 New York comics coming out. You might even know some of them. So when, when yeah. I'll let you know when those auditions are, but you should sign up for it and try to come out here to Boise. Um, oh, that'd be awesome. And yeah, then you could talk sure. to all these New York comics. Like, yeah, I love 53rd and West Main. I don't know New York streets. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, and you, I know you've been back to, to New York a few times uh, in the last few months. Have you done comedy out there since uh, on your last few trips back home? No, I uh, no, I haven't. It's well, that's the thing too, because people ask me that when they hear I'm going back to New York, they're like, "Oh, are you going to do comedy out there?" And I'm like, "No, like it's not. It's just not where I'm at right now. Like I go back to New York to see my family and friends. I'm not thinking about doing comedy there. It's not on my." That's just not on my list right now. That's when you go when you when you invite your ex boyfriend who like broke your heart and you, <laughs> you roast him on stage and be like, Look at me now. Look at me now. And then oh. Amy Schumer's in the audience. She's like, Oh my god, that chick is funny and then she signs you to be like the next Amy Schumer or something. That I mean that, that think of the opportunities. I know. I think I'm afraid of the opportunities. I'm like, I don't want to get I like my life right now and the balance I have. I don't want to get so sucked in quite yet. I'm not ready. It could move so so many different things, though, because, Repetti, I'm assuming you're Italian. I am. I'm Italian and Irish. Classic New York combination. Like, Amy Schumer could find you, give you a deal. You could open a, a pizza joint slash comedy joint in New York. <laughs> Repetti's Pizza and, and Puns. I mean, it's it writes itself. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, I'm not even that into pizza. So. All right. Well, this has been Hey, what's up? The podcast. We'll see you next. <laughs> Let I, I a bagel shop. A bagel? Oh yeah, that's not typical in New York. Let's open another bagel shop. They don't have tons. Okay, like they need another pizzeria out there. It's the same thing. Yeah, it, pizza's delicious, though. So are bagels. I would way rather have a bagel than a piece of pizza. Travis, what's your vote? Uh. Pizza over a bagel for Thank sure. You. Okay. What okay. about what about a pizza bagel? Well, okay. Well, you did lead with that. <laughs> and I mean, I guess bagels are cheap. You only have to pay comics and like a dozen bagels. Yeah, that would be great. Oh well, okay. So now next bagel. time we go to New York, you need to yeah. you need to do comedy. Ah, uh, just maybe. just not or find out where Louis C.K. is doing comedy. Roast him. And that could be. <laughs> Because every time he does comedy in New York, there's always like 10 articles about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you one of the people, because I know you're relatively new in comedy, can uh -huh. you separate 
the the legacy of a comedian from the comedian themselves? Can you still look at somebody like Bill Cosby and be like, yeah, Bill Cosby did amazing things for comedy. Bill Cosby, the person, is one of the most vile people on earth. Or is it hard to distinguish the two? Because Louis C.K. had a lot of hilarious things in the past. Louis C.K. as a human being probably should be thrown in a dumpster. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, I feel like I have kind of an easy time separating it. Uh, I think... I don't know. I I think, you know, if somebody's funny and they've made you laugh in the past and they've done good work, like, yeah, they could be a shit person, but like you, you have to be able to separate it a little bit. Like it, I don't know. It can't all just be tangled together all the time. It's too complicated. So if Louis CK called you and hate on like Michael Jackson and like, won't listen to his music. And I'm like, but his music is fucking awesome. And he was a great performer. Like, who knows, you know? If Louis C.K. called you in five years and wanted you to open for him, would you do it? No, I don't know that I'd want to, like, work with him. But, uh, I don't, well, that's hard, too, because it's like, yeah, that could be a cool opportunity. But then you have people who are like, you know, then you'd be associated with him and, I don't know. Everything's so complicated and you have to think of like the optics of things. And I'm like, I'd rather not even be involved. That's fair. Can you move your right arm up slightly? Cause that's your left arm. That's your left arm. Oh, sorry. I'm bad at directions. Is that? Nope. Okay. Every time you move, is, is that a switch in your background? A switch? No. Okay. There's a red thing down there. And you, when you moved your hand earlier, this, I'm very, like, ADD. I thought you had a Switch. I was going to ask you Nintendo Switch questions, but it's, if it's not a Switch. No, I thought you were going to ask about the horses on my sweater. No, no, I was not. I thought that red, yeah, I don't know. What is that thing behind you, Lynn? Uh, that's oh, a kettleball weight. <laughs> oh, see, this is like, this should be like the new vision test, because I thought it was a Switch, because it cleared up, it cleared up when you went like this, and I was like, oh, she has a Switch, ADD, and then... Oh. No. Oh, nope. Now I can tell it's a kettleball. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's a fail. Well, that's awkward. <laughs> well, here we are. You should get a switch. We can talk here about- Here we are. You should, you should get a switch. All right. There's no- there's I no have se- a list of things to do now. I have to go do comedy in New York. I have to get a switch. I have to open a pizzeria. Yeah. I provide life goals. Sorry. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, every episode, we always turn it over to our producer, Travis. Uh, when we started this uh, SB Studios adventure a year ago, he hadn't done much um, on the speaking side. Uh, mm-hmm. He's been pretty much behind the scenes. If you ever come here in studio, you'd see he's just, he's. I don't even see his face because he's behind three monitors. Um, yeah. So every episode, I give him two or three questions to ask the guest. How many you got today, Travis? Uh, just two. All right. So this is two questions with Travis. Uh, first question, I guess, is if you were to have to, uh, leave Montana, um, where do you, where do you want to go? And, uh, maybe not like, um, uh, I mean, LA, New York are kind of the obvious answers, I guess, cause they have more of a comedy scene, but like, if you could go anywhere, where would you want to go? Oh, that's such a tough question. Cause I'm so all over the place all the time. I'd want to go somewhere like totally new that I haven't been 
because I've traveled a lot to these other places. I've been thinking, I don't know, Austin. I hear good things about Austin. Yeah, Austin's Texas. fun. Um, and that would be like, again, like a total different change for me. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll say Austin for now, but who knows? Are you a Joe Rogan fan? Um, yeah, I, I like Joe. <laughs> that was, who was it a few weeks ago that, like, yeah, the voice went six octaves higher. Yeah, I love him. <laughs> I love him so much. No, I mean, I'm I'm not not a fan. He's, uh, he's like, he's pretty much, he moved to Austin and now has turned the whole comedy scene in Austin to, like, the Joe Rogan experience. Oh, I know. I so know. There, there's yeah. comics that love him and comics that hate him. And he's and, shutting down restaurants, too, apparently. Oh. Like, uh, there's a place called Terry Black's. It's apparently a super good barbecue place that was kind of like a locals-only thing. And then uh, he put it on blast on his podcast, and now you have to wait, like, a two-hour line to go there. It's all the local people are upset. <laughs> it's just a tourist oh, trap now. Um, okay, so uh, so my next question is, uh, if you weren't doing comedy, what would you, uh, what would you be doing? Oh, my gosh. So my ultimate – well, I have a few – I kind of – I want to do a lot of different things. One, I would love to be a pilot. Mm. I would, that would be so cool to me. And a part of me still wants to do that. Like I would love to learn how to fly a plane. I mean, you'd be pretty entertaining but, during the beginning when like the pilot speaks over the microphone, just crack a couple actually funny jokes compared to the really I've bad li- pilot I've ones. I thought about that. I'm like, I could do cockpit comedy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it'd be so fun. So that would be number one. But then I also really want to have a senior dog sanctuary and just like buy a plot of land and adopt all the old straggler type dogs and just give them a nice place to die. That would just break my heart, though. That's the thing. I I would. That's something I thought about for cats. And then I just like, well, every time one dies, I would just be a puddle of goo. Yeah. Yeah. You get used to that. It's like working in a retirement home or anything. I wouldn't want to do that. I don't think I'd want to get used to that, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you have a b- bigger heart than I do. I mean, I'd want to do it. I couldn't do it. Mm-mm. Right. Yeah. But you could tell them jokes on their last days. Yeah, I would, I would keep it light, you know? It'd be fun. Pilots, you could fly them to their, you could fly them to their plot of land. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Any follow up to that, Travis? Uh, no, I think that was uh, I think that was my two questions. The second <laughs> one was pretty interesting. None of it was entertainment or comedy related at all. <laughs> <laughs> so goes yeah. our podcast sometimes. Uh, <laughs> that was two questions with Travis. Music pending. Um, we always then, um, as you know, do a pop quiz. Uh, hopefully, listen to a few episodes. You kind of know what's coming. Uh, we have a team of independent fact checkers. And unlike Abby, it's rapid fire. So hopefully, uh, if if you get a question wrong, so far everybody's been a hundred percent. Okay. But if you get a question wrong, I'll be opening for, up for Vicky uh, Valentine's weekend in <laughs> okay. Missoula, Montana. So pressure's uh, on. Dang. But I was okay. still, but I will still be going out as Jackie Rapetti. So. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. I have a wig ready. Great. I have glasses. Okay. We okay. Talk, talk about vibrators and, and stuff for 20 minutes. It's be great. Yeah. It's, that's my go-to material. So, uh, question number one, as specific and as close as possible, your where and when was the first time you did stand up comedy? 
Um, it was late November of 2019, and I did an open mic at the Badlander in Missoula, Montana. All right, you're one for one. <laughs> Question number two. Who is the dream comedian that you want to work with and why? Oh, there are so many. I think I would have to say Whitney Cummings, though. I love her. She is my spirit animal. Uh, not only is she hilarious, also she does a lot of great work for animals. And I just, I love her. I would love to work with her. You're two for two. Great answer. All right, question number three. Okay. What is one joke you wish that you would have written that you've heard from somebody else and why? Oh. Oh my gosh, my mind is just going blank. I don't. Oh, I'm going to open up for Vicky. Oh my gosh. I don't know. That's a hard one to name like a specific joke. I don't. I don't know. I don't want to take anyone's joke. There's not one joke, like even a joke from of like what a mine would have been, because obviously you're a Seinfeld fan. Uh, yeah. The joke on one of Jerry's monologues about how he's like, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't mind finding out that I was adopted because then I never would have to picture my parents having sex. They could just be really <laughs> good friends. Like that's a joke that I wish because I'm adopted. If I would have been like 20 years older, that's a joke I wish I wish yeah. I could have written. Oh, that's a great joke. Yeah. I don't know. I'm totally blanking. I I don't know. I don't know that I'd steal anyone's joke. Well, it's not stealing. It's one that you wish you would have written. There's a difference between being a George Lopez and stealing a joke and <laughs> going back in time and writing the joke yourself. Right. Yeah, I, guess, I don't think like that. I just appreciate it for what it is. I don't wish I would have written it. Okay, what's your favorite joke of all time that you've heard from somebody? We'll give you a, you get one gimme. That's your gimme. What's like the best written joke you've ever heard? Oh my God, I I don't know. I, I'm totally like, I can't think of specific jokes. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I'm really like, I honestly, I have an awful memory. I'm one of those people, like if I watch a special or a movie or whatever, like I couldn't tell you anything about it immediately after. Like I'm just in the moment and then it's done and I've, I'm totally blank again. Try I don't know if I have like a head injury or something. <laughs> like I really am awful with that. I barely remember my own jokes. I couldn't tell you other people's. But Tra I know who I like, you know? Yeah, uh, no, I mean, well, I, Travis, I think it, we've been doing this for, has it been officially a year yet? Uh, not quite. I think so. Yeah, we might have hit the one year mark. Can't really remember. But, I, uh, that might be the first wrong question. Ever. Wow, that, that's the first. Well, it's, not wrong, but unanswered. I guess that's it the first time. It's the first time I've ever heard him use that sound effect. So I mean, we've, oh, I get a different sound effect. Yeah, you'll hear it on the playback next week, and you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna feel great when you hear that. Uh, oh no! Oh man, good thing you followed me on Twitter today, because I'm gonna be, I'm gonna, I'm gonna at Vicky, and she's gonna be sorely disappointed. Oh, <laughs> coming no. up. Uh, okay, we're gonna move on to question number four. You know what? We're gonna move on to question four. I'll give you question five, and then I'll give you, I'll give you like a bonus question. Okay. For all the marbles. 
Question number four. What is the best episode of Seinfeld of all time and why? Oh, man. Oh, come That's a tough, that's a tough one. I mean, immediately I think of like the Soup Nazi uh, classic. Then there's like the puffy shirt is a great one. I don't want to be a pirate. Oh, so good. There are uh, so many. Oh, I recently watched the one where they're in, I think they're in the Hamptons mm-hmm. with uh, the baby. <laughs> you gotta see the baby. That, oh, that's an ugly uh, baby. Yeah, yeah, and George makes the eggs with the lobster. For... <laughs> it's just genius. Like everything, I love every episode. But, I was yeah. in the pool. Uh, shrinkage. Yeah. I, I do that reference so often that nobody understands it. It's awesome. Oh my God. I, yeah. So, Seinfeld is one, the one show for whatever reason where I have it like committed to memory. And I don't know why. It's that in the office. So sometimes I'll do like back to back, I'll do a office and a Seinfeld reference in the same sentence and mm. confuse the heck out of somebody. <laughs> uh, Okay, you gave us two answers. Travis, I think, did our fact checkers really take that? Okay, so you're 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 three for four, which is weird to say. Uh, this is awkward because I think Abby had just as much trouble. So something about the Montana water is uh is happening here. Yeah, uh, yeah. Question question number five. Okay. Oh, I mean it ties back into question number Okay, it's not going to be because you don't have to mention a specific joke. I think you will have, I think you might be able to to nail this one. Okay, can, we'll see. I can, Maybe. O- I can only hope. What yeah. is the best stand-up special you have seen and why? Ooh. Um, that should be a little easier, hopefully. Best special. Oh, I mean, I love all of Nate Bargatze's specials. Ooh, he that's cracks- a... That's a name most people don't don't drop out. Really? Yeah. He's one of my top favorites. I love like watching his specials are just like comfort food. He's it's just guaranteed. I love him. I'm gonna laugh. Uh and even yeah, the last one he did was pretty good. It's it's just I love him. It's so funny. Okay. I think we'll take that. We'll see. There we go. All right. So you're four for five. All right. So question number six is going to be a tough one, but again, this will re- this will technically redeem yourself. Okay. And it's a question Abby actually asked me, so I'm going to throw it to you. Ooh, okay. What is one joke that you have written that bombed? But also, did you think like, do you think it bombed because of the night, the crowd, and have you tried that joke again? think what joke I mean yeah I have I have jokes that have worked in certain places and not in others I have a specific uh abortion joke that oh, yeah. okay has, has killed and then <laughs> it, you know and then uh in other spots not so much so yeah that's one but I I keep doing it because I think it's good but uh Depends on the crowd. All right, will we give that to her, Travis? Is that one where we... All right. So I guess in, in technical terms, you got five questions right. <laughs> I don't think you're at 100%. I don't think we can give her... I don't think we can no. give her that. I don't um, feel like I'm at 100%, so it's okay. So just know when, when we hit the stage in Miles City, there's going to be... This will be referenced again. 
Great. Uh, great. In a few weeks. Um, <laughs> Travis, do you have somebody at, next at three? Uh, no. Okay. Cool. I won't go too long, though. Uh, I always turn the show over to the guests to ask me a few questions. Hopefully, you've prepared some good ones to get back at me. It's always we do it the the pop quiz first, and then this because uh, man, Abby asked me some some toughies <laughs> as as revenge. So take it away and hit me. All right. Okay. Um, who is your favorite person to follow on Twitter and why? Gordon Ramsay. Oh my gosh! Why? Uh, I love what looking at his food. He all, also Travis knows this. Gordon Ramsay follows me on Twitter as well. Wow, that's fun! I, I, I love Gordon. Now that you follow me, you'll see I have some. Uh, John Cena follows me. American Idol Tonight wow. Show follows me. But Gordon Ramsay mainly because uh, he cooks some of the most delicious looking food. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's super cool. And I think he follows me because I'm fat. I'd probably eat all his food. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, and he uh, used to he used to always tweet like people's you know uh, purposely bad dishes or maybe they didn't think they were bad dishes but they would tweet Gordon Ramsay their food dishes and he would critique them on Twitter. Oh, I love that! And it was some of the funniest stuff. He stopped doing it because I think he he hosts like sixteen shows now and yeah. doesn't have the time. But yeah. uh, back in like twenty seventeen and twenty eighteen, he did it like every week and yeah, it was priceless. Oh my gosh. I'll have to give him a follow. He's funny. Um, okay. My other question for you is what would the title of your Netflix special be? Oh, that's a good one. Um, see, I don't know. That's a good one. It, um, I, I thought of something like tongue twistery back when I was younger. Uh, I had the title French fried fried rice because <laughs> French fries because my parents are white mm -hmm. fried rice because I'm Asian uh, and nobody could say it. So I, I kind of abandoned that idea. Yeah. Uh, and then I thought of maybe taking a riff off something like Eddie Murphy did. Uh, he did a black like me. I was thinking yellow like me. Hmm. But ever since that Chappelle special, I don't know if I want to even risk, you know, doing a title that could be, you know, the PC people, police coming for right. me. So yeah, they'll get you. They yeah. will. I mean, they got Kristen Bell the other day just because she took a photo with police officers. Really? Yeah. Oh, geez. And like, I'm all for people. Like, there are certain people, again, like Bill Cosby, that need to be like shown the door. But like, yeah. just to take a photo with police officers, like, ah, uh, that irks me. So, yeah, you got to be careful. I mean, uh, you'll you'll hear the punchline in a few weeks. But like, I mean, you're you're talking about Netflix specials. I'm still waiting for Napster and LimeWire to call me back. <laughs> See, I'm glad when you said you're 30, I was like, okay, she she should get this joke. Yeah, you can tell the age of the audience when I do it though, because like, somebody's like, what's Napster? Oh yeah, well, I think one of the founders of Napster is from or went to the school I went to uh, in Boston. Oh, there yeah. you go. You can have a Napster special. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. So I I think I would do yellow like me. I think I mean. Yeah, that's I'm, a good one. It's not that inventive, but you know, usually people ha that have one Netflix special have four, so I can get more creative as as they go that's on. True. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, it's better than here is your sign. Sorry, Bill Engvall, I love you. Please let me open for you someday, but. <laughs> I think like three of his albums were like, here's your sign, here's your sign part two, here's your sign the third. So, I, like, I think he used it like three or four times. Yeah. As an album title. I think that's my, I think that's my goal before Netflix special though. Cause I have a lot of comedian friends that have self-produced like actual nice looking. There's a, a recording studio. Do you know, Travis, do you remember Amplified Wax in Spokane? Uh, no, never heard of it. All right, well, that's awkward. Um, they're a full service. <laughs> <laughs> they're a full service production studio in Spokane. And about four comedian friends of mine have all produced albums and they have full ISBN numbers um, like actual sleeves, not like your screen, like people that gluing cover art to, you know, burnt CDs. Like right, they rep, right. they replicate them and do like a limited press of like five thousand. Nice. I think I want to do that before cool. anything else is to get a CD published. Yeah, because oh, that'd be awesome. Even some comedians have like a twenty-five minute album. I don't need a, I don't need a full forty. Yeah. I don't yeah. think I don't want to listen to this for forty minutes. I doubt. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt anybody else does. Yeah, twenty is enough. Yep, I talk fast. And I'm like, did, were you a Gilmore, Gilmore Girls fan growing up? No. What? Well, okay. You you know of the show, right? I do. I do. Are I you never a, watched it though. Are you a Mrs. Maisel fan? Uh, I started watching it, but I I haven't finished. But uh, I do want okay. to go back. Okay, this is it. awkward. I did enjoy it. It's the yeah. <laughs> it's the same creator, so like. Okay. Um, most hour long dramas are like 60 minutes or 60 page scripts, 60 to 70 page scripts. Yeah. And Gilmore Girls and Maisel's are like 120 because they just speak uh -huh. so fast and so much in them. That, yeah. Wow. That's me. Like I'm, I'm, I'm Asian Mrs. Maisel. <laughs> like you don't, you don't need a 40 minute special for me. You're getting all of it in like 20. Yeah. That should be the title of the special though. <laughs> Asian, Asian Mrs. Maisel. I think Amy, Amy Sherman Palladino might sue me, but. Hey, <laughs> at least I'd get noticed, right? Yeah, that'd be some good press. Uh, any other questions uh, at all? Those were the two I had for you. Only two, wow. Yeah. Oh, how many am I supposed to have? I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. Some people, like, I don't remember who it was. Some Somebody had, like, six once, and I was like, holy crap, you came, you came prepared. Oh, dang. Yeah, I probably should have more. I uh, have a degree in journalism, but... Yeah, come on, hit me. Hit me like it's uh, I mean, you're going to be doing a show with me. I'm sure there's questions you have that you're like, what is this What is this guy about? Um, what's Where's the, your favorite place you've ever done comedy? That's a good question. Uh, so I got, ooh, that's tough. That's tough. I've been doing this a long yeah. time and not well. I, I always say I've been doing it for 13 years, but not well. Uh. <laughs> The first club I ever performed at Giggles in Seattle holds a special place in my heart. It's not around anymore. It's now Laughs uh, Seattle. Uh, but uh, that place was Giggles, became Jiggles' a strip club, and then back to Giggles. Oh, amazing. Uh, and then when they re became Giggles again for the, about a year, they had the stripper poles still on stage. Um, oh, my God. That is awesome. So that's fun. Uh, but I was 18 when I started doing comedy, so that place still holds a special wow. place. And then... I did Spokane's Got Talent, the video I sent you of me, the first video I sent you, yeah. uh, was the Bean Crosby Theater in Spokane, and we had a sold out 1,100, uh, wow. sold out 1,100 people. So that's, that's probably the best, because I got to do a full, I mean, it wasn't my show, it was a talent competition, but I got to perform in front of a, a sold out theater, which was, you know. Oh, that's so cool. 
cool. And then I did the DC Comedy Festival a couple of years ago. So I think that that's more than one place, but those three places are probably yeah. the, the three. Because it's weird. I'm from the farthest place from DC, from Seattle. And mm-hmm. I had three people that I knew at that show. Oh, wow. My friend's parents are from Fairfax, Virginia. So they were there. Yeah. And then one of my childhood friends moved to Pennsylvania. I didn't realize it was only like a hour drive. And uh, yeah, he showed up, which is weird. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I'm actually, I, I'm going to the Bing uh, Theater or whatever in May to see Nate Vargasi. Oh, you'll <laughs> yeah. have to let me know what you think. It's a beautiful theater. I, yeah. So I think you'll enjoy it. I'm excited. Uh, are you going to hit up Dees or anybody while you're in Spokane? How long are you going to be in town for? Yeah, I think I'm going to make like a little long weekend out of it because I think the show is on a Thursday. Um, so I might like head up Wednesday and try and hit some open mics myself and uh, do some comedy. You should go to the bar I worked at too. It's right across the street from the comedy club. And oh, sweet. like down the road from from the Bing. Um, yeah. You tell me you know me and they'll kick you out. No. <laughs> <Whatever>. <laughs> Great. I don't know if you like drag queens and stuff, but they it's like the, oh, love a good drag queen. It's a LGBT bar, so like the on the weekends their drag performances are so. Oh, that's so fun! I would actually love that. Okay, well, let me know when you go. I'll make sure you have all the details. Okay. When is it? When is that? Uh, it's like May, mid May. So, like, I noticed you have like 150 ish followers on Twitter. Do you use Do you use Twitter much? No, I don't. I'm gonna. Um, I'm gonna get you no, using. I, I'm gonna get you using Twitter more because, like, I'm gonna find Nate's handle. I'm just gonna keep messaging him. Because, <laughs> like, if I can get you to open for him, I feel like a I'm a pretty cool person. B, I finally proved to Travis how much Twitter actually can work. And C, okay. uh, I'll have somebody else that can vouch for me because I love Twitter. Travis knows. Travis, how many times, like, an episode we talk about Twitter? Multiple. <clears throat> Yeah, Especially I used to use the Twitter end. more. <laughs> I used to use it more years ago, and then I deleted it. And I have such a hate love relationship with a social media in general. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, like but, if, uh, if you look at my Twitter page, you'll see. I think I I joined like 2008, so like one of the, uh, pretty early on, and yeah. I'm still. Uh, Twitter should sponsor this podcast. A, they should verify me, which they haven't. B. Um, ah. But that kind of leads me into where can people where can people find you on social media? Yeah, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. It's just my name, Jackie Rapetti. Uh, yeah, one I have a Facebook page. One P or two Ps. One P R A P E T T I. There we go. Because I'm sure yeah. somebody out there that's illiterate would probably be yeah spelling it wrong. Oh, for sure. <laughs> um, and then again, uh plug your your shows that are coming up valentine's weekend and any other shows uh, you have coming up yeah i'll be i'm opening for vicky barbalak uh february 11th 12th and 14th in kalispell butte and anaconda montana oh and then we have our so mile city show you're you're oh i thought for some reason i thought they were all in missoula you're traveling with her yeah, yeah, no, I'm going on a little mini tour with her. Do you get to go in her RV, like her trailer RV thing that she always talks about? Oh my God, I don't know, but now I want to. Oh my God, I yeah, for some reason I just thought it was, you know, like a weekend show. You were, yeah. She was in Missoula all three. So you're traveling, that's pretty fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. Uh, is there a website people can get tickets currently? 
Um, yes, they're all linked on my Facebook page right now. So if you find me there, then you can find tickets. Awesome. And then you're also in the lovely Miles City, Montana, February 19th with... I sure am. Abbott Gillespie and uh, uh, Asian to be determined uh, <laughs> at the famous Montana bar. Uh, Jackie, oh, yeah. I know we've talked for a while, but it's nice to actually finally talk to you face to face the name. Um, we'll talk soon for everybody else. This has been another episode of Hey, What's Up? The podcast. First time we beat somebody in the pop quiz and we will see you <laughs> next week.